Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Resonant Frequency, the Amateur Radio Podcast. My name is Richard, KB5JBV, and I am your host. Uh, thank you for downloading us this time around. Uh, looking at everything that I can see, we, we seem to be rather popular out there. Uh, most of the sites that I, I get to to check and see how where we are in the various lists out there and uh, uh, going checking some of the reviews in various places and uh, even the, the number of folks we have on the Frapper map now, it looks like we're, uh, we're still gaining some popularity and considering the problems we've had and uh, uh, the sporadic release schedule, uh, I really do appreciate y'all hanging in there with me. Uh, like I said, we're, this is a labor of love for the most part, so uh, I'm doing the best I can for y'all within the bounds of reason. Before we get started too good, uh, y'all may remember from the last episode, I read a piece of email from a fellow named Cody down in Texas City, and he was, uh, he was letting us know that he was studying for his ham license and he was uh, getting ready to go. Well, right after that podcast, he went and took his test, and he's received his call sign already. So, uh, everybody out there, if y'all hear Cody, Kilo Echo 5, uh, Romeo Yankee Kilo, down Texas City, y'all uh, y'all go ahead and give him a shout and tell him congratulations and uh, on a job well done. While we're at it, let's... Uh, run down the frapper map list now there are 908 pins in the frapper map at this time 908 it's getting kind of thick and if i miss anybody y'all please excuse me let me know and we'll uh, we'll get you on the list for next time but i think i got everybody we have kb7 fcc rudolph in tucson arizona hello uh, AF5W, Dan in Lavernia, Texas. WP4YI, Bobby in West Lafayette, uh, Indiana. KE5RUD, Scott in Tupelo, Mississippi. WB8NBA, Bob in Dayton, Ohio. W9NET, John. In Hollidaysburg, Pennsylvania, let's move on down here. We have Lee in Sandy Springs, Florida. Ray in Fairfax, Virginia. Andy in, I'm going to mess this one up, Missoula, Montana. Liz in Covington, Washington. Bill in Gainesville, Georgia. And Kirk in San Marino, California. We're not through yet, though, folks. We have, we'd like to welcome JR2IWM, Yamada Akira, in uh, Shizzle, Shizzle, in Japan. Uh, he wins this time, by the way. And VK5P, VK5PR Bob. I thought I'd said hello to you, Bob. Well, we'll say it anyway. VK5PR Bob in Adelaide, Australia, and we do have an unidentified listener in Germany. Uh, another one. We've had several over the over the last bit. That brings something to mind. Over at one of the sites, I was looking at uh, a couple reviews, and I'd like to thank y'all for going over and putting some reviews up so people can get an idea of... Uh, whether y'all appreciate this or not, and kind of send them this direction. But one of the things that was said is I spend way too much time on the Frapper map. Well, uh, feedback is finally starting to pick up around here. So I am getting more input in general via feedback. However, number one, the Frapper map lets me know who all's out there. Uh, secondly, if you take the time to go to the frapper map and stick a pin in and put a message in and attach a picture to it and all this other stuff if you can take the time to do that i can take some time to say hello to y'all and acknowledge y'all on the podcast so unless i get an overwhelming amount of email asking me to stop doing the frapper map part uh, i think we're going to keep on doing it so that covers the Frapper map. Y'all go on over to 
uh, what is it, Podcast Alley, uh, iTunes. We're on a lot of the podcast sites at this at this time. I've been signing us up like crazy over the last few months. And vote for us, leave a review for us, something, and that'll help us get this thing moving on along. And for those of you who are just now joining us or catching up on old episodes or whatever, please make sure you go take the time to go over to the Frapper map and stick a pin in the map and let us know you're there. That way we can uh, get you mentioned on the podcast. You can find the Frapper map at KB at the blog page at kb5jbv.blogspot.com. That's kb5jbv.blogspot.com. Okay, with that, we're, I think we're going to move on to the email because we're getting quite a few of those. Uh, the first email is from Bob, uh, WB, uh, W4BWQ. And Bob writes, hello, Richard. Thank you so much for the podcast. I have sent a PayPal donation as a small token of my appreciation for all you do. You are the Digital Elmer and Amateur Radio Podcast Master. Keep up the good work. Well, thank you for the flowers, Bob. Um, I do not think I am the master of anything, and there's a lot of folks out there who know a whole lot more than I do. However, uh, as long as I know y'all appreciate what I'm doing, I'm going to keep on doing it. So, Bob, thank you, and your donation will be put to good use. Uh, Y'all going to be surprised about donations. I'll talk about that in a few minutes. So the next one's from Cody. This is uh, the email that uh, really counted this past month. Well, I took my test for the technician class and passed with 100%. I went ahead and took the uh, general class while I was there and didn't do so well on that one. But I will study and try again. I am currently waiting for the FCC to update their database and assign me a call sign. I am very excited about that and am currently saving saving so I can get a radio and get on the air. Well, I will keep you updated. And we have another one from him also. It also says, P.S. Show idea, IRLP or Echo Link for newly licensed hams. That might not have a radio yet. Also, is there a pocket version of IRLP or Echo Link or any other that will fit on a thumb drive so that you can take it from computer to computer wherever you go? I would also like to learn about building your own radios and antennas. Another good topic would be stealth operators, antennas that are easily concealed in an attic or at least low profile in the backyard. Attached is an article I found. Okay. Cody, <laughs> we'll take all of that into consideration. In fact, I'm making a list for uh, programs for this coming month, and we will do our best to get some of those implemented. Our next email is from Scott. KE5RUD in Tupelo, Mississippi. Hello, Scott, and welcome aboard. Just wanted to drop you a line and let you know how much I enjoy the show. I just passed the tech test and will take my general in January. Will you keep us posted on that, Scott? Because we would, uh, we always like to hear about people upgrading and getting their ticket and all that good stuff. All of your topics are very informative, and I look forward to your future shows. Watch out for the lightning. Well, yeah, <laughs> I darn sure will because it, it was a, a mess for us the last time. And Scott Dunn dropped us, uh, dropped us a uh, donation also this past month. But like I said, I'll get to that in a few. Let's see. The next one's from Cody. And this is, uh, oh, goodness. I guess that is probably... 10 days after the one I just read to y'all. And it says, well, I just received my call sign. And to make it even better, my wife sold, sold back some of her textbooks to help with the cost of a radio. My radio will be here tomorrow. I bought a Yaesu FT2800M. I should be on the air in no time at all. 
We'll look forward to your next episode. Cody, K5RYK. All right, you guys down there in the Houston, Clear Lake, Texas City, League City, and Lamarck. Okay, all you guys down there, y'all find Cody and eat him up with some contacts. Just give him, give him so many he can't even keep up. Uh, I really appreciate hearing all about that. Okay, Happy New Year. The next one's from uh, from Farley, KC8GPP. Happy New Year. Great podcast. Look forward to each new episode. Wondering if a possible topic might be amplifiers. Lots of us running barefoot, thinking about running power. Some, spec- some specific questions. What kind of amp is better? What is the truth about amp power ratings? Do you need a tuner between the radio and an amp? Uh, AC power considerations, grounding the amp, any additional problems with amps and spurious emissions? Well, Farley, that will definitely go on the list, and uh, I've already talked to a guy about that uh, here uh, locally. Y'all might know him. He was on one of our earlier episodes, uh, Andy, WY5V. Uh, if there's something about amateur radio he doesn't know, then it ain't worth knowing. It's obsolete information. So we're definitely going to get with Andy and uh, and uh, try and get that information squared away. I am really lucky in the place uh, in the place that I live because uh, I have so many good uh, hams around me that have been licensed for a really long time. And know lots and lots of stuff that I'm not particularly uh, up on. That I'm not particularly up on. Anyway, enough of me rambling about that. So uh, we were talking. If y'all want to send feedback or uh, just say hello or anything, y'all send me an email at kb5jbv at gmail.com kb5jbv at gmail.com you know show suggestions um, you know just any kind of feedback y'all want to send in this direction just sit down and shoot it off in an email okay we're running a little long on this segment so we're going to try and move a little quicker Uh, the month of December was a red-letter month as far as donations. Not only did we have uh, uh, quite a few donations, uh, we came out very well monetarily, and we'll be able to make uh, definitely make some improvements, get our service fees paid, and all this other stuff. Let me run through here fairly quick. Well, we got Bob Kiley, which uh, sent us an email. We have uh, Scott sent us a donation. Uh, the prize winner this month, let me tell you, is uh, uh, Bill, <laughs> AK5K. Let me tell you, uh, Bill, I haven't had a chance to call you, man, but uh, that is definitely, definitely going to help out around here. If y'all are interested in uh, sending a donation to Resonant Frequency, the Amateur Radio Podcast, uh, every dollar. Every dollar helps, you know, and if that's all you can afford, just send us a dollar because you can't buy soda for that. And the easiest way to to do that is go over to the blog page at kb5jbv.blogspot.com. On that page, it's where the Frapper map is. You'll find a link for PayPal donations. Click that link. It'll take you straight to PayPal. No matter what particular means you want to want to drop a donation by, they'll be able to get it processed through PayPal. Uh, something else that's been added to the blog page, some of y'all that have been over there before and looked around uh, may notice it if you head over that direction, is I've added a link at the top of the page to Amazon. Now, we've had an Amazon account over there for some time, and we just never really have put the link up on my personal website or the uh, the page. But one of the other guys that I interact with on occasion that has podcast reminded me of something that I didn't even think of. If you're going to buy books, videos, CDs, whatever at Amazon.com, if you'll go to the blog page and then click through to Amazon through that link, 
that will help you help uh, donation wise with resonant frequency the amateur radio podcast because it won't cost you any extra to get purchase whatever you purchase over at Amazon but because you come through by way of that link we will get a portion of it so it will come it will come out of their pocket because they'll give they'll discount it a little bit so they can send us some of what the actual purchase price is I believe it's 4% I'm not real sure but like I said every dollar helps uh, we're able to make improvements get things back up you know if it hadn't been for the donations we've received over the last uh, what has it been 10 months we wouldn't have been able to come back up at all after our couple of little little uh, hiccups we've had equipment wise so let's run back over this one more time the frapper map is at kb5jbv.blogspot.com y'all go stick a pin in it the donation button is also there and a link to amazon.com if you prefer to go that direction if you have any feedback comments suggestions whatever you can send them to me at kb5jbv at gmail.com and I'm sure there's something else and I'm forgetting it because I'm that way you know, my father can't remember anything, so he, he swears up and down he has Alzheimer's. I myself, on the other hand, can only remember half of the stuff, so I have part-timers. But what I do know is that, once again, I do appreciate all of you downloading us this week. And with that, I think we'll go ahead and move on to the next segment. my wave all the way. segment formerly known as buzzword uh let's talk about elmer the term elmer the people elmer the elbers elmer a lot of you new guys uh kind of kind of know you need an elmer but you aren't quite sure what one is well let's start with this i was uh, looking around uh, kind of checking things out and i found something which uh really may not say at all about Elmer's but is definitely a step in the right direction let me uh, go ahead and repeat this for y'all it's from an article I found by Norm W3IZ the term Elmer meaning someone who provides personal guidance and assistance to would-be hams first appeared in QST in March 1971 house DX column by Rod Newkirk, W9BRD, now also VA3ZBB. Newkirk called them the unsung fathers of amateur radio. While he probably was not trying to coin a, 
a term at that time. Here's how Newkirk introduced Elmer in his column and as it turned out to the rest of the amateur radio world. Too frequently one hears a sad story in this little nutshell. Oh, I almost got a ticket too, but Elmer, W9XYZ, moved away and I kind of lost interest. Newkirk went on to say, we need those Elmers, all the Elmers, including the ham who took the most time and trouble to give you a push toward your license, or the birds who keep this great game young and fresh. As you can see, the term is not very old. Prior to the first use of Elmer as one who guided and encouraged us, what were these folks called? And it goes on. But the whole point is Elmering. Elmering is basically mentoring. You know, everybody's got that buddy that uh, takes them under their wing, guides them along, doesn't matter if it's amateur radio, um, I don't know, model trains, golf, uh, whatever hobby, or even in your daily life or job. You know, I've had a lot of folks, the uh, type of work I've done over the years, I've had a lot of folks take me under their wing, teach me the ropes. You know, I've been an offset printer, binderman. Uh, <laughs> I've had so many professions, it's so hard to, it's uh, kind of hard to keep up with them all. But in most cases, I had somebody who would take me under their wing and show me the ropes and say, hey, you know, this is pretty good, but if you did this a little bit and that over there a little bit, then it would probably come out a whole lot better. And that's basically what an Elmer is. I bring up from time to time the fellow that I consider most influential in my amateur radio background which was a fellow named Ed Youngblood, KE5OA. He is a uh, silent key now, and we do miss Ed around here in DFW. But he took me under his wing, taught me some uh, taught me some practice. You know, it was never high-level stuff with Ed. It was, you know, kind of operate this way, try not to use that word, you know, that kind of stuff. And in that way, he gave me a perspective on amateur radio, which I carry with me today. You know, help everybody around you, teach who you can teach, and learn from who you can learn from. That's the point I get at with a lot of folks around here. You know, everybody needs to be Elmering everybody else. It doesn't matter if you got your ticket yesterday or you've had that ticket 50 years. Not only can you learn stuff, you can teach stuff. If you have a valid amateur radio license and uh, you're on the air, then you're in a position to be able to teach somebody newer than you are. You know, over the years we've lost track of being uh, Elmers like we used to be. The face of amateur radio has changed considerably over the 20, almost 20 years that I've been licensed. And because of the large influx of people with the Codeless Tech license, the lowering of the code requirements and the elimination of the code requirements. There was such a large influx of people that those of us who were uh, already licensed hams couldn't keep up. Now, y'all might remember Andy, WY5V, from one of our early episodes. Uh, he and I were talking on the radio the other day that, you know, as it stands right now, the best you can do is take one or two of the newer hams under your wing, try and teach them, guide them, and move them in the right direction. And that's what we having to do, I guess. But there's different types of Elmers also. You know, there's not one Elmer that is all-knowing, all-encompassing, and um, can teach you every aspect of the hobby there will be different Elmers in your amateur radio experience. You know, there's going to be the guy over here that does digital stuff. You know, around here, that's me. They come to me about PSK and Packet and now DChat and 
you know, the stuff that is communicating by way of computer, then they, you're going to have an Elmer that's going to know more about antennas. And you're going to have another one over there that's really into construction, building QRP rigs or little circuits and different stuff. We've got a guy over here that's, uh, he's the uh, transmitter hunting guru for more than, for the most part. You know, he's got all this cool equipment, everything from one of these phase shift Doppler units that have all the LEDs and stuff to little attenuator boxes he built, different antennas. And over time, you learn all this stuff. And the biggest part is to give it back. And even to the even to the point of operating practices on the air. You know, we all need to operate in a fairly professional manner. You know, when I say that, I don't mean we want to sound like the police because they're some of the most amateurish radio operators I've ever heard in most cases, not all cases. But even with that, calling nets and different stuff like that, the only way to learn is to find somebody who can teach you and then do it. And everybody within the sound of my voice needs to go find somebody and Elmer them. Even if it's hanging out on your local repeater and fielding questions when people are on there talking about something and they've got a mistaken idea, jump in there and chat with them a little bit and guide them in the right direction. You know. We've got one repeater here locally where a bunch of the brand new guys hang out, and there are no old-timers that hang out on that machine. So I get to hearing some pretty strange theories and a lot of reinventing of the wheel over there. But occasionally I'll get in there and talk with the guys and you know straighten them out to the best of my knowledge, which even though may not be too extensive, the things I do know I'm pretty sure of, and get them pointed the right direction. So everybody go out there. You know, the league's got their mentoring program, which is just Elmering. Sitting at coffee, talking about antennas. Y'all are learning and Elmering each other. You know, get out there and do the best you can. Find these new guys and guide them along. The hobby could get a lot better. Of course, I've seen it a lot worse. But as far as Elmering's concerned, somebody taught you how to be an amateur radio operator. You go on out there and teach somebody else. Because that's the way we give back to the hobby. Anyway, with that, uh, I think I've talked just about long enough about Elmering. And I guess we'll go ahead and move on to the next segment. Check.
Okay, so this time, let's talk a little bit about RIDI, or Radio Teletype, RTTY, one of the digital modes that uh, is coming back into use, which has been around for quite some time. And uh, it has a lot of advantages and disadvantages, just like any other digital mode. Uh, however, it's easier to find equipment even more easier today to find equipment uh, here and in uh, countries that aren't as technologically as advanced as the United States to uh, get on RIDI. RIDI is a telecommunications system consisting of two or more teleprinters using radio as a transmission medium. Now, landline teleprinter operation began in 1849 when a circuit was put in service between Philadelphia and New York. Emil Bodot designed a system using five unit, a five-unit code in 1874 that is still used today. It's either Bado, Bodot, pronounced a lot of different ways, but we're still using the same code. Teleprinter system design was gradually improved until at the beginning of World War II, it represented the principal distribution method used by the news services. services. Radio teletype evolved from these early landline teleprinter operations. Commercial ready systems were in active service between San Francisco and Honolulu as early as April of 1932, and between San Francisco and New York by 1934. U.S. military used radio teletype in the 1930s and expanded this usage during World War II. The Navy called radio teletype RAT, R-A-T-T, and the Army Signal Corps called radio teletype SCRT, an abbreviation of single channel radio teletype. The military used frequency shift keying technology, and this technology proved very reliable even over long distances. So, you know, that's kind of a little history of Ready. And since then, it's been used more and more by the news services. Now, in this century, we have faster, better, or at least you can say they're faster or better ways of moving digital information. But radio teletype still hangs in there because it's, number one, it's a legacy type digital mode. Number two, it still has its uh, significant usages. And you just really, it's something you should get into if you're into digital communications. So, how's that going to help me as uh, a new ham? You might be asking yourself. Well, yeah, we could get into the nuts and bolts of it, and I strongly advise that uh, you guys go out and read up on Radio Teletype if you're going to be using it on a regular basis. You will find that it's slightly faster than PSK. You don't have the flexibility of being able to look at a, a band of frequencies and pick on the frequency you want. However, with the software out there today, for most of y'all, it should be pretty easy to get started with Ready. Now, currently with the upsurge in availability of computers in the less developed countries, they're going to be coming online with computer Ready also. You know, there's a lot of good programs out there for RTTY. I myself use one called GMFSK, which is a Linux application. And for those of y'all running Debian-based uh, Linux distributions, you ought to be able to find it in the repository without any problem at all. Debian's one of the few Linux distributions that still has a separate section for amateur radio stuff in their repository. For you Windows guys, there's... Uh, programs out there like MTTY. In fact, there's a whole slew of them out there for the uh, Windows operating system. You have things like uh, Cyborg, Hamcom, Hamscope, MixW, MixW? Yeah, I guess it does. MTTY, RCK, RTTY, 
most of these digital programs nowadays, uh, sound card programs, will run ready. Uh, I've been running ready for a long time. In fact, I used to run, operate ready on a Commodore 64 using my PK-232. Uh, that's the great thing about an all-mode controller. You don't have to worry about having a program that'll that'll run the uh, particular type of digital you want to run because it's built in. But there's lots of ways to do this. So you'll find the RTTY frequencies are where the guys operate on ready, a little bit above where the PSK is and down below where the packet is. It's kind of there in the middle. And I know of at least one guy who's on the air in California about 2.30, 3 o'clock every single day. And you can hear him here in Texas uh, without any problems at all. And I'm sure that he's just as loud, <laughs> just as loud probably in your neck of the woods. But say, So you don't want to work California. Another advantage of RIDI over PSK is every time I go on PSK, I see the same 10 or 15 guys. And occasionally there'll be a DX station work its way in there, you know, maybe two or three if things are really hopping. And I know part of that's been because of the cycle being down, because I know that I've worked uh, stations over the pole on other modes when the cycle's up, and that may be a big part of it also. But... I've also worked Luxembourg, Jordan, and uh, other countries on Ready. I wish I had spent more time on Ready over the years. I was a big Amtor fan, and that's something that's fallen out of favor for Pactor, but they have their own battle going on now. So if I'm the new ham and I want to go give Ready a shot, well, some things you need to know. Uh, number one, go find a program that you're comfortable with. When I do operate on a Windows machine, I use MTTY. However, I do the majority of my ready nowadays on Linux machines, so I use GMFSK. Now, you've got the program. You've got the sound card interface. If you've been running PSK31, it's very similar. Ready is, uh, if it, I believe it's 100% duty cycle. Yeah, it's, com it's total key down as long as you're transmitting. So you don't want to run your radios at full power because most of these radios are not rated at 100% duty cycle so you don't want to keep them keyed down at full power for an extended period of time so uh, look around check some websites out you know there's a lot of ready contesters out there a lot of ready contesters and we'll get to contest in a little bit but the ready contesters out there They've got, most of them have websites where you can go get information on how to set your particular rig and configuration up. Okay, so you've got the rig, you've got the sound card interface, you've got the computer. You go find the frequencies, and you're ready to go. Now, say you're using MTTY. MTTY has a, has a scope on up in the corner, a little scope up in the corner, so you can zero in that signal. The advantage of MTTY and most of the other software is they also have AFC you can turn on or turn off. And when you turn the AFC on, if you're real close, it'll go ahead and creep on over there and zero that in. Y'all have probably seen that happen with your PSK. Uh, you want to make sure that you're not on re not reversed. Most ready is still lower sideband, I believe. And I may be I may be mistaken. It's I hadn't paid attention in a while, but uh, most digital used to be lower sideband. It should still be lower sideband. And if you find you're right on top of the signal, you've got it zeroed in, and you're not decoding it worth a hoot, reach over and click on that reverse. It ought to clear right up. Okay. So now, how are you going to operate? Well, as with anything, any other thing that you uh, first get into, you should probably listen for a while. Listen for a while, see how the guys are operating. I'll give you give you a clue to start with. The majority of the abbreviations used on Ready are CW abbreviations, A R S K D E, that kind of stuff. 
except in the case of calling CQ. In the case of calling CQ so that somebody will talk to you, uh, it's R-Y-R-Y-R-Y-R-Y. Now, why that is, I don't know, other than it has a particular sound. Now, also, something else you need to take into consideration is with the software driven, with the software used for these digital modes nowadays, you have the advantage of being able to set up hotkeys, or uh, maybe not hotkeys, able to set up macros, what we used to call them, I don't know what they're calling them nowadays, so that uh, you can send your CQs and your basic contact information just like you would in PSK31 or one of the other sound card modes where um, you're using a program to drive your sound card. Okay, so you have the radio, the computer, the sound card, uh, or the uh, sound card interface, the software, and now you've got a handle on some of the abbreviations and stuff. Y'all go check out the list. It's, it's not difficult. You know, these things will still be in usage, I'm sure, as long as we're using digital communication or at least stuff like RIDI. RIDI is not an error correcting protocol. It's more like PSK. Uh, like I said, it's a little faster. And it can be quite enjoyable. And the kind of guys you find out there running RIDI are... are really good guys you know just about everybody jumped on that psk 31 bandwagon when it came along but most of these ready guys out there are for the most part have been doing ready as long as they've been licensed so now we're going to make a contact now whatever mode you whatever means you use to locate contacts you're going to go work or if you're a hunt and pounce kind of guy, which is easier in a subband like the Riddy subband, you know, there's other stuff going on down there, but once you've listened to it a little while, you'll be able to tell by ear the difference between Riddy and PSK and uh, MFSK16 and our, uh, yeah, and all that other stuff. And uh, you'll be able to zero them in pretty well. You know, I've been listening to it so long, I can just barely hear something going on on the radio and tell you what what mode it is in fact uh, I've been running packets so long that I can tell you if it's sending right packets right or what kind of packets that a uh, packet controller is sending so ear helps a lot now you're on there and depending on what you're using some of these programs will let you print your conversation to a file or print them to sheet of paper and you can kind of look at it and critique it and keep a copy of it and whatever when you're finished so if you're using the uh using the dx cluster and you hear you see a ready station come up on the dx cluster you get that frequency you dial it on in depending on your particular radio how dead dead on frequency it is and how dead on frequency his is it might be back one side or the other a little bit but you turn your dial a little bit and watch your scope up in the corner and dial it on in once you decide if you decide to call the guy two three times his call sign a couple times de your call sign and then uh, let it rock and roll if he hears you he'll answer you back and then you're into a standard cw type conversation at the beginning of it once you get past that then it'll wind down to some general rag chewing if that's what you're interested in if you're hunting states or countries or whatever you jump in you uh, be congenial and jump back on out you know there's nothing wrong with that we're all in the hobby for different reasons it doesn't matter if you're a DXer somebody trying to work all states you just like digital modes in general I prefer digital modes myself talking is wonderful but you can find so much more out there through digital modes and CW. I'm not a super fan of C CW, but hey, it's been useful more than once in making that contact and getting that card. Used to, folks uh, prepared to use ready on a local level for emergency communication and everything else. You know, everything that comes along, we try and uh, turn into something we can use in case of an emergency and there's many, many times that radio teletype has come come in really handy. 
however, nowadays it's uh, not as prominent as it used to be. And most of the guys out there are DXers. Well, that's a great thing because, like I said, most of the DX DXCC countries, these guys out there are either running CW or they're running uh, rigs that aren't real great for voice and that kind of stuff. But then again, it doesn't take a whole lot to set up a ready station once you're able to put together the equipment to do so. It's like I said earlier, I've been running uh, ready on PK-232 since back in the Commodore days. My father had something that was called a robot, and all it did, all it did was uh, ASCII and uh, Bodai ready, or Bado, Bodot, ready, and... Uh, even before that, there were guys adapting old uh, business tele business and military teleprinters to run ready. So you've got countries that, and I, you know, I keep bringing up Jordan because King Hussein of Jordan is a ham. You can you you could hear him on quite often on ready 10, 10, 15 years ago, but once again the cycles drop down and we don't hear that part of the world so much right now but you can pick up countries and places that uh, you wouldn't be able to pick up on voice circuits and PSK 31 even though it uses the same stuff as Riddy does nowadays for the most part there's still equipment out there that will run Riddy but won't do modes like PSK 31 or Pactor or, or other things so if that's your slant, working DX, working, uh, trying to get you worked all states, collecting cards, really is a good option. It's always one of those extra tools. Y'all hop on there and use it. Okay. For you contesting guys, that's the other side of it. Because there are a lot of Riddy contests out there. In fact, Riddy's been around so long that there are just, I don't know how many uh, contests out there. I mean, you're talking about things like, uh, well, let's see what we got here. Uh, the Germans have a DX ready contest. The Japanese Amateur Radio Teleprinter Society has a ready contest. The uh, National Contest Journal has, in their uh, sprints, they have ready. Almost any contest. If it's not a strictly ready contest, has a subcategory for digital modes and or ready. So, if you're a contester, like to tr try your talents out and you station out that way, then there's options to go there also. I've spun down in that part of the band when the ready contests are going on, and it's just wall to wall signals. They're so close together, you, it's really hard to tell them apart. And like I said, I've kind of got an ear for the thing because I've been listening to it for years. But it's even hard for me to kind of pull out what the, this signal's a station and this signal's a station because it just kind of all runs together. There's so many stations on the air. And you add to that the power of the sound card. And its potential with the digital signal processing chips that are on board, which are getting better and better and better all the time. Ready today is a much better mode than it was 20 years ago when I got started. Wrapping this up, or trying to wrap it up, if you have a computer of any kind, a dumb terminal and a all mode controller there are so many options to get on there with ready software if you're using a computer the mttwide gmfsk some of these others hamscope you know there's a, a huge variety of software out there that'll allow you to run ready your radio it doesn't take a lot of radio ready's uh because of the way the the way that ready keys the signal that Ready sends out, a little bit of signal will get you a long way. That's one of the benefits of PSK because it punches through the noise. It's more easily decoded through the noise. 
And yes, it's not error correcting, like say Packet or Pactor or Amtor or uh, you know one of the error correcting modes. You still have the ability to get more signal through on a given amount of power. There are times that a five watt station on ready will just blow away a 100 watt station on ready simply because uh, it has the ability to punch through the signal and of course the way propagation works. If you get a good antenna in there and it's easier to get those hard to get stations with less antenna also but you get that antenna in there you get your radio properly tuned Get that sound card interface plugged in, get familiar with that program, get all your tabs set up and everything else. Then you'll be on the road to working some ready stations. Now, for those you new you new guys out there that go out and give ready a try. I'd like to hear from y'all. Y'all send me an email. You know, just give me an idea of what your ready experience is like. And if we get enough input on that at some point, I may stick a segment in the podcast where we try and work on some of those bumps and hiccups. In fact, that's what this podcast is here for the most part to do. Help you guys work through, help all of us work our way into the most enjoyment of the hobby that we can get out of it. So, you guys go out and run some ready. Y'all gather up a lot of cards. I look forward to seeing y'all out there on 20 meters, down on 40 or 75. And if I don't talk to y'all, I'll be watching to see who you're working because the more we can uh, get this thing going, the better. Okay, with that, I think we've done just about all we can do on Ready at this time. And we'll go ahead and move on to the next segment. Another one in the can, it looks like. Um, once again, we're trying to keep this short, trying to keep the time down. Um, you can send feedback, emails, comments, suggestions to kb5jbv at gmail.com. Uh, I don't answer all the emails but I do get them read on the air I get every email y'all send me read on there as far as the frapper map donations that kind of stuff y'all go on over to the blog page at kb5jbv at blogspot.com we're in a new year y'all new challenges new things ahead new technologies opening up before us and All I can uh, hope for is that y'all come along with me for the ride. Anyway, uh, I'm going to run on down the hall here and uh, heat myself something up and bundle up a little bit because 
Our little mini summertime we had down here for a few days with weather in the 70s has, uh, has abated and winter is back. So uh, let me uh, go ahead and thank Barbara Leone and John Williams for uh, some of the music on the podcast this time around. Uh, you can find Barbara and John over at Magnatunes at magnatunes.com. Let us not forget our old friend Dave and uh, and uh, the fellow that does our album music there over at uh, PodSafeMusic.com. And with that, I really think we don't have much more business on this particular episode. So you take care of yourselves and your families. And until next time, 73. We gotta go